0: The last word with Matt Cooper. We're well, joined by Peter Parr, the Executive Director of UNICEF Ireland. Peter, I understand you're in Amman in Jer- Jordan, but you were in Gaza quite recently, were you?
1: Hey, good afternoon, Matt. Yes, I, I was. We were there in a monitoring mission looking at the uh, humanitarian situation on the ground. Obviously, that was just six weeks before the current events.
0: And i imagine things weren't particularly good then but they're absolutely chaotic and dreadful now judging by the reports we're getting
1: Well I've been to Gaza on a number of occasions over the years and I definitely found even a few weeks ago the situation had in fact deteriorated from when I was there previously especially in relation to uh, the healthcare system, medical supplies uh, lack of education for, for children but what concerned me most I think was the the poor uh, access to water right throughout uh, Gaza and obviously with the events in the last uh, few days uh, the fact that uh, water is now in short supply as well as everything else all of the other humanitarian requirements but particularly water is of is great concern to me now and I do fear about what is about to unfold in Gaza in the coming days
0: Because we're hearing that there's 24 hours for over 1.1 million people to get out of the northern part of Gaza. I mean, can the Israelis be serious if they expect people to get up and move in that way?
1: Uh, well, ha- having been there on a few occasions, Matt, it's, it's impossible to see how that could happen just purely physically, logistically just uh, impossible. I think your listeners uh, of course many people in Ireland have a long standing finishing in connection with the uh, Palestinian people, Palestinian cause but the, the fact is that a population in around half the size of Ireland is crammed into a place the size of about Louth uh, so moving people in an already incredibly densely populated situation is uh, almost illogical uh, hard to see you know. If, if you've been there on the ground it's just impossible to see how that would happen that said, those who are left especially in the north where I was uh, there has been so much destruction and death it is almost impossible to see how people can survive there given the damage to the water infrastructure sanitation, hygiene, I was very concerned about the sewage system when I was there not to mention, of course, the hospitals, the health centres, the schools, and so forth. But my immediate concern would be simply people's access to water and to food. Is is the greatest concern now, given that uh, there are no humanitarian corridors in place.
0: The United Nations, of course, has called on Israel today to withdraw this evacuation order, describing it as horrendous. The UN said the order was impossible and would spark a bone-chilling humanitarian crisis. Uh, The statement read, this will only lead to unprecedented levels of misery and further push people in Gaza into the abyss. Hamas is telling people not to move. They're saying this is fake propaganda. In your times going into Gaza, how much popular support do you believe Hamas has in the region?
1: Well, it, it's hard for me to say that, uh, Matt, because I didn't, you know, interrogate that aspect of uh, the situation during my visits there. We were very much focused on the, the humanitarian. And obviously, as a completely impartial and neutral humanitarian organization wouldn't really be our place to delve in uh, to that area. But what I can say is that the people of Gaza themselves have almost lost hope uh, given the severity of uh, their situation. And you've got to remember that, you know, given the sort of context I outlined earlier, you know, two and a half million people, 2.3 million people in about the size of Laos with two very small pinch points to get humanitarian aid in or out of there, it's perfectly understandable why people would be losing all hope. And as I've said, this is an area that is almost completely uh, dependent upon humanitarian assistance getting in through those two border crossings. And, you know, there there are no ordinary border crossings. You have to cross, you know, Israeli, Hamas, Palestinian Authority, takes hours just to get over a simple border. Uh, and But to get humanitarian aid in and out is even more difficult. That's why we at the wider United Nations system who made that call earlier on today are calling for absolutely urgent...
0: Unfortunately we seem to be losing Peter who is uh, joining us of course from Jordan. Uh, just while we try and get the line reestablished better, just some of the other figures that are coming out. Uh, the the Health Ministry in Gaza has claimed that there have been just under 1,800 Palestinians killed since last Saturday because of this Israeli bombing. That's before we get to the ground offensive which has been threatened by Israel and as you would have heard Beltrú tell us yesterday from the London Independent, from her own experience of being in Gaza previously when there have been Israeli ground offensives, they tend to tell or kill multiples of those who get killed in bombing missions and UNICEF has calculated that at least 447 children have died so far, despite the claims of the Israelis that they're trying to do everything to minimise civilian casualties. Just Peter, are you there again? No, we seem to have lost, Peter. UNICEF today launched a global emergency appeal for children in Gaza because it estimates that about $300 million will be required to address the impact of the Gaza crisis on children. Where those children are going to go to try and escape the depredations of what's going to happen, we don't know. Anyway, we'll be back to discuss the increase in the age limit for joining on Garda Shikona after the traffic with Mark Hogan.
1: FM's travel update with itsforwomen.ie Source your car insurance anytime online with It's For Women
0: The last word with Matt Cooper Today FM It all happens here Uh, I believe the traffic is not available so let's go straight to that issue of the increased retirement age for the Gardaí. In future it won't be a limit of 35, it's going to be 50. So Brendan O'Connor, as President of the Garden Representative Association, do you expect to be overwhelmed with new applications of 35 to 50-year-olds?
2: No, certainly not, Matt. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. Maybe I'm wrong but certainly, um, look it's okay, we welcome the fact that we're broadening the net and that there is people out there perhaps with the skills and the ability to take up the role at that age but we would believe for for lifestyle and, and demographics and different financial reasons but we wouldn't imagine would be a big take up on this.
0: Explain those lifestyle and demographic reasons and financial reasons as to why they mightn't.
2: Well we just feel that I mean people that uh, first of all, people starting and in, in Gardashi Kana starting off are the training allowance at three hundred and five per euro per week during training, the uncertainty of knowing uh, where you're going to be stationed and um, you know, people with commitments and generally whether they be mortgages and maybe families and that, I just think it wouldn't be as appealing as perhaps to a younger person. Again, we could be proved wrong on this, but um, and of course, you're starting off at the bottom of the pay scale, so certainly it would be um, we would don't think this is an input uh, for, some, for some of those reasons. But again, in, in other jurisdictions, this isn't a new thing, there's no uh, aid requirements in places in the UK and across Europe and they don't see large numbers if they see a small number of people coming into the organisation but time will only tell
0: But could it be that you know the people could have maturity and experience that they could bring in from other walks of life that could be well applied to serving as a member of Angarda Shikona?
2: Oh, absolutely! I'm sure there's people out there with uh, life experience, with maturity, with um, just a uh, better, I suppose, uh, life experience. But then you, you balance that against organizational experience. So that's that's something. But just generally, people who have uh, reached a certain level in life, probably would have progressed in their previous careers. And whether they would be in a financial position to make that sacrifice, uh, we'll only be able to tell. But certainly, the, the we we would be welcoming of any person who comes into the organization that brings. Uh, skills and, and the knowledge and, and enhances the, the organisation. So we certainly have no problem with it on principle, but we don't believe it's the solution to our problems. I mean, if it's the case that we're actually seeing people off that age bracket leaving the organisation to go to other employment, it's kind of indicative that it maybe it's not that attractive for whatever reason. But we, we have certainly strong opinions on those reasons, so uh, we wouldn't see it being particularly attractive, but again, we'd say we just have to wait and see what materialises.
0: Yeah, the Minister of Health for Justice, Hannah McEntee, said this morning that older recruits would start at the same level as anyone else joining the Gardaí, Could that be a bit of a missed opportunity, though, and that there might be specialist skills that, say, maybe people with an accounting background could bring into the fraud squad uh, and go straight into specialist areas of the Gardaí and that those opportunities would be missed?
2: Well, there, there is a facility for uh, people to come in with skills to the organisation that don't actually require the ex- exercising powers as a small member of the Galilee Council. There was financial officers and accountants, for example in CAB. they're not technically in the Galilee Council but they're members of CAB. but certainly I suppose where that would lead to maybe to conflicts for the likes of ourselves to represent Guards, is we have the concept of seniority in the Guards. so you start and you work your way up in relation to your service and to, We have, let's say, at the moment there, we're talking about the recruitment and retention crisis. One of the reasons why we would see a lot of uh, younger... Sorry, people with a good junior service are saying that they can't maybe secure a transfer back to a location where they want to have have a life. And, you know, someone coming in at an old age might be trying to... uh, would have maybe a reasonable expectation to be facilitated so you'd have a situation where the people say, well, hold on, I've I've done my... I've done the heavy lifting. I've given my commitment to the organization. So you've issues like that, that will arise... And again, in relation to these people who, if they came in um, with some competitions for specialisation within the job, you might see that you have to have three years completed outside your probation. So, I mean, if you're joining in your late 40s uh, and you want to be uh, moved latterly within the organisation and you have to finish your training, see out your probation and maybe do three-year service, it's going to be little or less opportunity for them people. So whether that's fair or not, these are all issues that will have to be teased out, um, I suppose, as we move into this new space.
0: Might it be better if the government was to increase the retirement age from 60 to higher?
2: Well, certainly that is the GRA policy. It's something that we have looked for. It's something that our other organ- other associations that represent different ranks in the organisation have have looked for too. And if that had been in place, we probably would have lost less people to retirement in recent years. So certainly we believe that's a quicker fix and probably more effective and will keep people with the skill base and the organisational knowledge and experience in, in the job. So, sorry, just, just
0: explain to me, sorry Brendan, how a later retirement age would persuade people now in their 50s to stay on a Garda it Does that imply that they're leaving now, knowing that they will get a certain Garda pension, but that they want to work elsewhere to perhaps build up further reserves in doing something else?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, in fact, what's happening most of the guards who will be retiring from next year on will be Class B uh, pensions, so they actually won't be able to work without foregoing a large chunk of the pension. So that's certainly on the fact. That, but if people are joining later, the later they can retire, it um, means that they have more chance of being. But I'm talking about existing members who, because if we have a mandatory age requirement of 60, uh, a lot of people are leaving way, way earlier than that. But some people have expressed uh, their, their intention to stay on and what we have when well, there is a, an application can be made on a case-by-case basis it's at the discretion of the Garda Commissioner so at the moment some people might get it and some people might be unsuccessful. so what we're seeing is people mm-hmm. who actually don't wish to apply for, because they, they, they're afraid of the rejection or, or, or they've been told no and we are not really have clear criteria for it
0: Okay, um, and a final one you mentioned the Garda Commissioner there you've come to an accommodation in relation to putting together a new roster does that mean that you now have restored confidence in the Garda Commissioner?
2: Well the vote of our members uh, still stands and it was, it was um, a lot of the disquiet and dissatisfaction was expressed in relation to other issues within the organisation that certainly need a lot of attention and the recruitment and retention crisis that we're talking about is one of the biggest problems so um, we, we have made some progress on rosters. I wouldn't say we're far from having dealt with the, with the other underlying serious issues. So time will tell um, how relationships how relations will will evolve and whether they will change
0: Thank you very much for that, Brendan O'Connor of the Garda Representative Association. The last word with Matt Cooper weekdays from four thirty.